Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of the Chris Pods and Things podcast. And as I told you guys in the previous episode, I was going to be starting a series on being black in journalism called the Chris Stevens Journalism Experience or CSG. CS, wow. CSJ for short. I'm already screwing up. And the lady I have with me on the line tonight is probably the person I probably wanted to have as the first guest. She was willing to come on. She is a reporter for a black club, Chicago. She's also a part of the um, Nerdgasm Noir clique and uh, Hood Feminism and longtime internet friend of mine and glad to have her on the show. And she also might be the very first person in recorded history to be the victim of the Michael Jordan fuck them kids meme. <laughs> <laughs> I was the first, yes, I was the first kid. The and we will get, <laughs> and we'll likely get to that in this podcast as well. So I want to welcome Jamie Nesbitt Golden to the show. Hey, Jamie, how you doing? I'm hanging in there, bro. It's good to talk to you. It's been a minute. It's been a while. Um, we um for guys for everyone that doesn't know, we were actually supposed to do a music podcast. Yeah. Um, went back back when I had the groove line, but this was before my equipment actually was worth a damn. So <laughs> now, now, that, now that I actually have things in proper place. We get to talk about, you know, our chosen field of study and chosen field of trying to make a little bit of scratch out of this thing, which is called journalism. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get right into it. And obviously, you know, we we both have challenges, but I feel like from the black woman's perspective, journalism, you know, definitely has, you know, put you through the ringer. And as, as everybody, as everyone, you know, followed black Twitter and, you know, black journalism knows this week, uh, we had a bit of a situation with uh, black sports online and Robert Lattal being exposed as being an absolute creep. And granted, his I'll, I'll say that I was never really a fan of his stuff anyway, but just to find out that he was, you know, using his position of authority and, you know, in the journalism business to kind of score dates was just really creepy. So from a black woman's perspective, Jamie, what do you think of the situation as it unfolded and you know if you feel like cutting loose on bso i got no problem with it i mean oh, the can, can i be as profane as i want to be because you know me i can yeah this is this is okay. this is a this is a nc17 podcast you can do whatever you want <laughs> fuck that nigga so first off <laughs> that's exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> um I think there's something really, really um, sinister and shitty um, when there's so very few, so very few of us in these spaces, and you have built a platform um, off of not only like the backs of, of the workers that you don't pay, but you're you're also um, taking advantage of young women looking to get a, a leg up um, or, an, an, or an, an entry or, or looking for an entry point into um, sports journalism. I think, um, you know, like so many of us who have ever worked in black media have stories, um, more stories about, you know, um, working for folks who didn't see the value in us, um, which is unfortunate because, like, when you're younger, you know, you're looking at legacy media sites, you know, like black legacy media sites, like, or black made legacy media publications, like Ebony, like Essence, um, 
the Chicago Defender in my case, and you are taken in by the history of it. And when you get there, you understand why people run for the hills shortly after. So again, when you are when you create the space and you are calling yourself sort of a you know a, a, a mentor, a person who leaves the door open for others, but you're taking advantage of of your power and your position, um, like you're an asshole and you deserve whatever comes to you. And like, you know, the the um the apology he issued last weekend um was bullshit because like he didn't address anything he didn't address any of the allegations or anything. It was just like uh, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I misbehaved badly. But this is more than just misbehaving. This is you literally sidelining careers or sabotaging careers. Um, so like what does I mean what does an apology do? And then you know you're not even paying your writers. Like and journalism has a, a money a, a cash problem. <laughs> like, right? Definitely. Um, uh, we always have to sort of fight, you know, particularly for freelancers, you always have to fight um, companies to, to to get your stuff. Um, and for him to not only pay his writers and exposure and like apparently sexual harassment um, is a slap in the face. Uh, I heard that he got he, like TMZ did sever ties with him. Yeah, they dropped him from their um, little sports show or whatever it was. Uh, that's great. I want all of the bad things to come his way. I also want him to step on some fucking Legos at some point. Like, if he can just step, in, step on Legos forever, that would be great. Um, but, yeah, I think um, the reckoning you're seeing in media isn't just for, you know, like, legacy media sites. It's also for, you know, these, these black run spaces that are supposedly for us by us, but still she is like shit. And um, just like, you know, with Black Girl Nerds a couple years back, uh, listen, and she's still out here trying to tweet through it. I don't understand. Like, I, I'm not, a, like, Jamie Broadnax is, like, she, she puts mojis, like, when it comes to tweeting through it, like, she is the mojis, jizzle champion. <laughs> my girl can just be like, and like, hey, 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 Jamie, where's where's where the money for Universal Fan Con go? And she's like, uh, tweeting shit about you know Bernie and, and Bernie Sanders or, or some shit. Like it's just it's amazing to me. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think this reckoning is, is timely. I, I hope it lasts. I'm not really sure uh, what you know landscape's gonna look like a year from now. It'd be great to see, you know, some shit change and for, you know, offering to pay writers and exposure. Um, or, you know, like expecting free labor to, you know, be a thing of the past, but I'm not really sure if if that's gonna happen. I'm just I'm way too skeptical to think that some some tent you know some some real change is gonna come 
Yeah, I agree. I feel like we've reached a point in the story of print journalism that if it's not if it if it if it's not dead and buried, it's pretty much on life support. Like you know that that's that slow beep. Like you know, like 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 there's there was once upon a time there might have been like a little beep 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 beep, and now we're just like oh, right. beep beep beep. beep. It, it's coming and unfortunately when you have fools like Latal, when you have you know the stuff that went down in, with Essence this weekend I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this dude's name I just know that you know he's no longer the leader of Essence oh yeah um, uh, Richelieu yeah we, we um, going to we gonna have to treat him like you know insecure fans do Condola. We just wanted to call him Richie Lowe or something. Yeah. Um, um. So yeah, no. So like, it's it's great in that like uh, the new uh, head has you know like is taken over and you know he stepped down, but apparently um, uh, the anonymous uh, current and former employees are still looking for. The rest of the automatic leadership to to be dismantled, and I hope that happens for them. I, again, I just I think what really bothers me, um, and, and going back to to the whole BSO thing, is that like you, um, it's like you you know that this man, you know, you, you've heard rumors about this man behaving inappropriately, right? You're not getting paid. And yet, like, when you hear stuff like, oh, he hires based off of of looks and not talent, you still you still sign on to, to do this thing, right? Yeah. And I think that's the part where I, I, I that's, that, that's the part I can't reconcile. Because it was okay for you to sign off on this knowing all of these things and knowing that he was like you're like knowing that he was you know misbehaving and sort of um, uh, abusing his power in a way that he's not giving people a fair shot or not sorry that he's not giving women a fair shot and it was all cool in the gang until he stepped out of line with you you and that's not to say that you know that you that these women deserved anything coming their way, but I, I really want us to step back and, and examine how usually we're complicit in, in in these in these issues in these matters. If you know, if you've heard that your boss is a creep, you, like at, at some point. We have to stand up for it. We have to take a stand. We have to. We have to speak up. And I know that comes with great risk, depending on who we are. You know who it is that's standing, who's standing, whatever. Um, but I, I guess, like, there has to be a line drawn. Or, or, or something said, and, it, and we can't just wait until everybody else says something. It has to be that you know. It has to be immediate. I wish there was a more immediate response 
to the to the fact that this man did all of these things. Um, I, I think for me, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was saying, I think for me, really the final, I mean, like I said, I never really was a fan of his website because it kept, it kept freezing my computer, number one. Um, right. His site was horrible. Yeah. Like, it was, it was very much like GeoCities. <laughs> um, like, and then like he was you know, gossiping like a, like a 14 year old girl. And it's like, and, you know, and then like, I mean, that's where you got most of his content from, like places like Lipstick Galley. Um, and and other you know sites. So like I mean, it was never really. I mean like, it was never really sports. It was just sports gossip, and that he somehow managed to finesse his way up the ladder. Um, but yeah, um, hold on. But no, uh, were you, what were you saying? Oh yeah, I was saying that the final straw for me, honestly, was the whole Derrick Rose situation, where he um doxed um. Pretty much doxed the woman that yeah, was a, that was yeah. a, that was accusing him, and if anything that we've learned, and I know you've been in this business a long time, I've been in this business a long time, so I'm going to venture to say we probably got close to 35 years of experience between the both of us, and you just don't, you know, do you don't name people or, or name victims of sexual crimes or any kind of crime really for that matter, and. This dude went all out with the name, the pictures, and everything. And I'm thinking, how is this journalism? And for NABJ to actually have him sitting on panels, actually yeah. have him in the fold, it's like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. No, and, and like, there's so many problems with NABJ and its leadership and the fact that, like, the likes of Robert Mattel and Tariq Nasheed are still part of. They're still they're still in the membership roles, and that is a problem. Like that's my god. Um, <laughs> no, there has to be like I mean, like he should have been chastised for that. At the very at the very least, someone should have you know really called him out about it. Um, but they didn't, and and as such, he was allowed to again sort of you know expand to a larger platform. Also, you know, by doing that, you know. Um, put an accuser at risk. Um, yeah. Like he put her in, he put her life in danger, and he never suffered. He never suffered any consequences for it. Like there's something like really um, troubling about that. And again, like knowing how he operated, like I just don't understand how a female employee go hey. Despite all this, I'm still gonna work for you. Like, if anything, that should be like a a big sign, like a big red flag. Um, so again, like I want, like I want to sell me, you know, take down abusers, but I also want us to examine our complicity in, in the system because I feel like it's a it's a it's a it's a double edged sword for black women because number one, there are so few opportunities for any of us, but for black women in sports, it's like you know you shrink it by like maybe five times times five or six, and it's very frustrating. You know, even as a black man, you know, still on the edge of journalism to watch. You know, brilliant, passionate, knowledgeable black women say to hell with this shit. 
because of the way they're treated. Either it's either it's sexual harassment or it's, you know, being made to be mean girls or, you know, being the intimidating person in the newsroom. Like y'all can't win. Y'all can't win no matter what you do. And it sucks. It really does. And I, I and, and that's why, like, I mean, like, like we talk a good game about like diversity and inclusion. Um, but again, it's a matter of the, the character of, of the leader. It's a matter of principle and, and, and ethics. And you can't put people in positions if they cannot see the humanity in others. Um, and I think Robert's issue is that, you know, like every, to him, everybody was a product. Everybody, it was, you know, like it was even with, even his staff, you know, it was just, they were just, you know, there to turn out content and apparently cater to his sexual whims. Um, and I think if we're, if the media is truly going to um, have a reckoning, then it, it has to not only think about, you know, getting more black and brown faces in these spaces, it, they also have to consider the, the character of the, the, these folks that they're trying to, you know, that they, that they want to, you know, open the door to. Um, because more often than not, like again, like again, like we shouldn't be having conversations about Essence behaving badly in 2020. We, like we shouldn't have them at all. Like right. these are publications that we grew up grew up with and look up to, and for them to you know befall the same you know fate as say like you know the, the staffers at um, Jezebel or Deadspin. Like, I mean, like, this is some horrible shit. And I don't know, like, I, I just feel like if we're really talking, if we're, if we're really serious about doing better, then we do have to sort of, you know, self do, do more self-checking. Um, and if that self-check leads to, maybe I shouldn't be in this industry anymore, then maybe, Maybe that that should be okay. Maybe leaving journalism should also be okay. Yeah, I kind yeah, I definitely agree because I feel like there's a time and a place where you can just you know be honest with yourself about you know who you are and like like you said, it is about character. Like when you know the Greek the Greek the grease ball that that was originally set to run the undefeated. Oh man! When that when when that when that foolishness came out on Deadspin, I was like, "No wonder you know like he went to Fox News. He, he's just a horrible person to work for. Like nobody wants to work for that kind of person." And, and like you said, like um, I don't want to blame the women. I mean, first of all, they deserve a ton of credit for stepping up and you know you know exposing him because how many others would have probably gone through that door under the pretense of. Well, this is my only shot to get into business. They said, no, you can do better than this guy. Learn from us. But I feel like so many of us, you know, and I forget who said it on Twitter, but it's been said so many times. You could just, you know, 
probably credit anybody with some common sense is that the problem with black men in, you know, spaces of authority and, you know, positions of authority is sometimes we just want that same level of oppressive power as white men do. Exactly. And that to me is something that we have to correct if we're ever going to make any inroads on not just journalism, but just, you know, social justice in general, freedom, you know, being able to walk down the street in peace, you know, women, you know, I, I, I laugh when I see women say the masks have stopped men from asking me to smile. And I mean, I mean, it's a sad, it's a sad commentary. I mean, it's a funny joke, but it's actually a sad commentary because even, even, even without the mask, nobody should be asking you to smile. <laughs> like, hey, hey, mom, smile. But like it, it, it stopped, it, it stopped them from asking us to smile. But it hasn't stopped them from hitting on us, which is hilarious. Yeah. Like, what are you looking at? Like, <laughs> am I eyebrow sexy? Am I showing too much eyebrow? Like, it, 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 like I don't, I don't understand. Like, it's, it's, it's this like premature gray, like turning you on. Like, what is it? What is it? Um. But yeah, it's definitely a matter of. And it's you know and like while uh, while black men are guilty, I think some black women are too. Like considering again what Essence employees are going through right now, and like when I saw like when I read the Medium post and they're laying at all the charges and colorism pops up, I'm like, are you fucking serious? But of course, because you know, um, anti-blackness is a hell of a drug, and mm-hmm. women can be misogynist too. Like yeah. this is you know like there is. I just, um, it's a lot, Monica. It's a lot, and I just, I, I, I just hope that um, we come, we collectively come out of this better, and and I hope this means that we we get a, a better black media out of it. Again, I just, I'm skeptical because I'm old and, and crotchety, so I don't know. If this fails, you know what we can do, right? Meth. Meth. Let's do it. Let's cook. Let's fucking go. It is time to Uh, make meth, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Apparently, Lori Lightfoot, our mayor, believes that you can, you know, like, clear about $40,000 or $50,000 just by selling drugs in the street corner. If I had known, if I had known, if I had known the street pharmaceutical game, what is that lucrative? I would have never went to college. Man, listen. (laughs) Like, all these motherfucking loans. And I'm sitting here like, I don't even know where she got this number from, but I'm like, okay, let, you know what? Let me go out tomorrow and see what I see. See if I can be like clear to fit a brand in Because <laughs> I've been doing this all wrong. Right? Um, but yeah, no, I, I fell into journalism because I loved stories. And there's something pure about being able to like find a good story and and share it with the world. Not only that, but like I, the, the things I love about the fact, like we, like for a girl who hated homework, this is never ending fucking homework. But in a good way because you're you're delving, you're diving the things that that you know you never even thought you'd be diving into. You're you're, you're sort of learning things in the fly. You're it's research. It's it's conversation. It's all these things, um, and it's like you, you're like you're, it's it can, it's 
you're a perpetual student and it's great. Um, but again, for us to truly, truly, you know, be able to enjoy what we do, we have to be valued and we have to be paid our work. We have to be paid our work. And I think, you know, like, again, going back to the BSOs and BGNs, like, and I hate to sound like, like I'm, 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 not, I'm about to have a Candace Owens moment. Um, <laughs> if Black Lives Matter, they have to matter to us, right? Like, in this mm-hmm. instance, we have to do right by the folks that, you know, like, if we are creating a space for us, by us, then we need to walk the walk and talk the talk. We have to pay people what they're worth. Apparently not fucking harass them for, for you know, like sex um, and not discriminate against them. Um, and it should be simple, right? But again, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm also stuck on the barstool thing and you're going to have to explain that to me. You're going to have to explain Ugh. how these jigs thought it would be I just Chris explain it to me just 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 like break it down to me like I am five I'm gonna be honest with you like you know there will be there have been times when my grandmother was alive and I would ask her stuff and she would just say baby I got nothing for you <laughs> and that's pretty much how that's pretty much where I am with this because my thing is is we are seeing that you know working for these quote unquote edgy or edgy white guys, or as you called them earlier today, edge lords. It's not what's hot in the streets. Like we just found out that Bill. I mean, well, I mean, well, anybody that read, you know, page two back in the day knew Bill Simmons was an asshole. But you know, guys like Dave Portnoy and Bill Simmons, like they're just they're asshole. Like they're 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 frat bros. Yep. They're frat bros. And what's disappointing is like you know with guys like, and I'm not gonna call the guys out because I mean, I mean, but but one of the guys has an absolutely you know. He has a he has a Twitter following compared comparable to most black um sports writers and sports personalities. And for him to get on there and oh my god, the the mm-hmm. acron the acronym of the N-word, I just oh. you know, yeah, I'm 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 fl- my flabber is absolutely gassed. I got nothing in that regard. Like it's just they they literally just said we are going to carry this water because the paychecks are just too damn good to overlook. And that is very disappointing. And so, like, okay. On one hand, these guys definitely not our, definitely not our ancestors, right? Like, <laughs> not, by, not, not by, on the flip, I mean, in this climate, in this economy, <laughs> um. In this fucking industry, listen. I, 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 I am. I, listen, I don't condone it, but I understand <laughs> because rent is still due on the first of the month, and cable bill won't pay itself. Um, that said, I think a few years from now. Uh, those black staffers are going to look back on this. And after they write their long-winded medium posts about how wrong they were, um, 
I mean, that's just going to be it. Like, I mean, it's, it, I think this is one of those things that, that will stay with them uh, for better or worse. Um, and listen, integrity is important. Um, I don't think I could do my job without it. But I think our industry has made it increasingly hard for certain people to hold on to their integrity. I think um, as with, with most things, the, the need to um, devalue the work people do, the, the need to sort of figure out ways to get over on people, you know, union bust, um, and in some cases, you know, shut shit down because writers want to unionize. Like, I mean, we have made it really, really difficult for, for folks to hold on to any sense of, of integrity. <laughs> so I, while I do side-eye all of this, um, I guess I kind of understand it. And if it's lucrative for them to, you know, slide on the tap shoes and <laughs> do a little soft shoe, then, you know, they, like, listen, get, your, get it how you live. But like, don't expect people to rally around you if you continue doing the soft shit. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't I don't expect these guys to, you know, because because as we've seen, you know, in the scenes of the movement going back to what happened with Trayvon, what happened with Mike Brown and different things is that black women are more apt to stand on principle than black men are at this point. It sucks to say it. And I know anybody that's listening to this podcast is probably going to call me a you're probably going to say that's not going to get you to you know what. But I don't care because I'm telling the truth. It's just it, it, just, it just seems that black women are more, you know, act to stand on principle and stand up for what's right than black men are at this at this stage in the game. Hopefully I become wrong. and I can look back on this and over time and say, you know what? They proved me wrong. But I don't see it right now because I can't imagine. I mean, Jim, I mean, Jamel Hill pretty much told ESPN to kiss her ass in the middle of Market Street Mall while Harold Melvin and Blue Note sing can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> and she's doing great. Like yeah, her, 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 even Carrie Champion told ESPN to take a hike. They're about to do a TV show together on Vice. They, yes, they are. It's going to be great. They, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And they did it on their terms. See, yep. I think I think the thing is is that black men are so used to you know having to do what white people say under under so many circumstances. And let me just detour because I have to talk about this because it happened to me when I got fired from my first um, newspaper job in 2011. Um, I I was the only black face in the newsroom. We had a black office manager who actually was like, you know, the only person I could relate to my entire time in St. Mary's County, Maryland. And the publisher just used to have it out for me. Like he hated my guts and it probably because it wasn't me that hired him. It was his father that hired him. But you know, in, in the midst of me moving down there, his father quit, put his son in charge and the son just made my life a living hell for three and a half years until he said, okay, we don't need a sports section anymore. You won't do anything else. You can go. And, oh oh yeah. Oh and, and when I sat in that meeting, knowing I was about to get fired, it was an interesting feeling because I, I still had my dignity. Granted, I was out of a job and 
I was going to lose my apartment. I was going to have to move back to Delaware, which I really wish I didn't have to do. <laughs> but I still had my dignity. I can look back on that time and said, no, I wouldn't write this story because it was in the best interest of him running for office or his girlfriend, his mistress was the town, um, the, the town, I forget what her position was. It don't matter now, whatever. The fuck it was. But whatever, it was, it was something that was unethical, basically. Right. And I stood on my own two feet. Granted, it soured me on the business for a long time, but I still had my pride. I still had my dignity. A lot of these guys are not going to be able to walk away with that because they're so intent on just getting to, getting to the money and not realizing that at some point it all ends. This, this journalism thing ends. The money ends. The, you know, the access. The, the, yes, the access. Yeah. It all ends at some point. Of, right. I, mean, I, think, I really do think it's a matter of how much money I can make, how much access I can get, how much I can, like, for a lot of, for a lot of folks in the industry, it's a matter of status. I have to work at this place. I have to know these people. And it's not so much about the work. It's about how, where you can go and how much you can get. And I think if you're in this for the wrong reasons, you know, you like it's gonna, it's like it's going to be clear to the, to the folks who are around you. And as such, they're like, you know, fuck it, we're not gonna rock with you. It's you know, it's no. Um, and I think for for black women in particular, like we have to stand up for it, like because a lot of us, you know, like I think the the majority of us are in it. For the for the right reasons, and I think you know we are always sort of cognizant of the fact that like we are you know very we're, we're like one of the very few black you know faces in, in this in this industry, and what we do, um, how you know they, they, how we carry ourselves, how we move, all that shit, all this shit has like lasting effect. And so we, we sort of have to act accordingly. Absolutely. And I feel like that is probably, you know, it, it's harder for black women because of the fact that, you know, you already have two strikes against you and the pitcher has a 95 mile an hour curveball sitting at their disposal. Yeah, pretty you know? much. And it's, it's, it's one thing for, you know, black men to say, well, I haven't experienced that, you know, like, you know the uh the the uh the shuffler of the moment uh one uh Terry Crews. Man, um, my man was like, "What? You know what? I know y'all just Cap Calloway. Let me." <laughs> um. Oh boy, Terry Crews. I'll just like I, 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 like I told some like uh, a friend of mine was like I like I don't know if this is like like method. Like, is he preparing for like the idiocracy sequel? Like, I don't know what. Like, maybe this is some sort of Joaquin Phoenix type of method acting. <laughs> I don't know, but like, it's on site at this point. Like, I will climb that ego like a tree. <laughs> it's 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 so weird and 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 disappointing and it, 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 uh, like this guy literally. And, and and I'm not going to take away from the fact that he was assaulted. Right, no, no, no. I mean, like, I, listen, he still didn't deserve what he got. 
Yeah. However, we're not going to sit here and shit on the people that supported you through that. Because a lot of white folks were like, well, I don't see the problem. I mean, you knew the guy, right? I mean, it was, he was your agent. He was just playing around. What's the big deal? And from what I saw, a lot of a lot of black folks were, you know, they were rallying around him, including Gabby Gabby Union, who he threw threw the fucking bus. Um, so for him to say these things and for him to be so disingenuous, like it's, I'm like I just like okay, like it's just, like you're not gonna get the call, like he's not gonna call you, like he's not. Like, was it, did you, did you get the likes? Did you get the engagement? Like, I'm very much like that Gabrielle Union meme right now. Um, <laughs> because like after Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know, like ends and it will end. Like, I mean, your phone isn't going to be ringing off the hook like that. Hell, like, I mean, like what you do net, like you're hosting America's Got Talent. And I, I don't even know why this show is still on that fucking air because I just Simon Cowell is clearly an asshole. And um, two faces actually. Oh boy. Um, so I just I don't I don't get it. But I mean, l- listen, like Terry believes that this is his. You know, this is going to be the way that he stays relevant and popping. And bless his heart, but no one's going to remember him five years from now. So there's that. Yeah, I don't think so. And the point I was about to get to was that there are people like that who will use the support of black women when it is, you know, prudent with them, and then will will discard will discard them when they've reached whatever goal it is they had in mind the insidious and and you know sinister nature of that is it'll, it'll never sit right with me and like you said you know once all of this comes to an end he probably won't even be able to you know whenever cube finishes up the uh final friday i can guarantee you terry cruz won't be a part of it so it's just it's just one of those things where especially in our field that I talked about this when I did a podcast about black college sports the other day is that we as black people, our kinship has always been survival because yeah. we, we've always been all we had. Yeah. And we lost that somewhere along the way when men started to figure out when black men started to figure out that, OK, if I play this game, then I can have just a little more power than I already have instead of. I should probably, you know, bring bring the women with me. I should bring our children with me. I should stop being homophobic and transphobic and bring the LGBTQ community along with us. Instead, there are a lot of guys who are just content to say, well, I got my piece of the pie, y'all on your own. Right. And it's very much a, you know, like, an, you know, I got mine, you got yours kind of thing happening. Um but no, like I just here, I just something about Terry Crews just irks my spirit, and I just yeah, and and, and there are a lot of Terry Crews in journalism too. Trust me. Oh man, don't I know? Don't <laughs> I know? 
Let me let me set the stage first because yeah, like, people, yeah, I got listen, like I got a little vodka in me. I'm just, you know. <laughs> well, I just I just want people to know that you know the person that is on the line with me right now is responsible for a lot of the stuff that you know certain you know journalists and outlets are cribbing from right now. She hasn't gotten her proper credit for it. Jay was the first one to write about Fast Tale Girls before there was a surviving R. Kelly, number one. Number two, when everyone else, when, when, when people started doing like, you know, changing their social media profiles to be white men with white names to uh, dr- drive a point home, Jamie Nesbitt Golden was the first. So I want you to get your, I want you to get your flowers while you can still smell them because you a lot of a lot of people have you know taken a lot of the things that you've done with you know nerdgasm noir and um hood feminism and ripped the fuck out of you without any you know without 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 any proper credit and that that's not cool so it's it's just it's just a matter of y'all need to know where you're getting your swag from <laughs> i'm gonna tell you where you're getting your swag from i i, I honestly appreciate that and like i think um when it comes to like social media platforms, our our memories are like short as fuck, and and I blame you know sort of like the immediacy of of that platform because I mean we are we are sort of um, absorbing news and and new things at like an ungodly pace, and sometimes things get lost in the shuffle. And so, you know, when, when I, you know, see folks, you know, um, sort of rediscovering the shit that we were doing, like, almost 10 years ago, it's just, it's very, very, I mean, like, it's, it's humorous, but it's also like, Jesus Christ, really? Um, so that said, like, I mean, like, I, I understand that as a Black woman who has made contributions to the cultural landscape that at some point at some point people are going to forget my name and it's okay i know my motherfucking name though and um i'm still like some of these hoes so it's completely fine <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, um i am i i feel like i'm very fortunate to work for um an organization that allows me to be myself and to say the things I need to say and want to say without fear of retribution. And, and, and then for an organization that also allows me to do the work that matters and it connects people. So I'm very grateful to still be able to do that and not have to like sing for my supper or get paid for exposure to do it. But I'm also very mindful of the fact that this is my first, like, full-time job mm. since, um, in like maybe ten years, and it's not—it's not, it's not a, by a, like it's not on purpose, like it's not—it's not by accident. It's not like I was just like, you know, I'm just gonna take whatever. Um, but that's just how fucked up this industry is. Like, the fact that you and I were still looking for, you know. Um, 
full-time employment and, and having to go through all the rigmarole of finding a, 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 a job and not only finding a job, finding a job that pays living wage, and finding a job that, you know, values our, our mental and physical well-being, that shit's hard to come by. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know how this got back to, to journalism, but here we are. Um, we're look the people. The people that are listening to this, they know exactly where we're going with this. I mean, they're. they're I, I, I like to think the few people that listen to this podcast are smart people. They get what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, like, listen, Um But no, like, I, I know that. Um, when it comes, to, like, again, when it comes to like Twitter and other and other platforms, uh, and and you know, sort of contributing to like the the cultural landscape, uh, black women tend to get erased. And I fully understand that I'm at risk for being erased. And I have been. I've seen my shit Columbus a million times. It's like, okay, well, whatever. But I, but this work still has to be done. Uh, my rent still has to be paid. So I got a soldier on. So yeah. And that's how I'm doing it. Like, I I love the work that I do with Block Club. Sometimes, it's, I mean, I love the people I work for and I love my colleagues. Sometimes I hate certain aspects of my job, like this week has not been the best week um, because I've had to cover, you know, stories about, you know, mothers getting shot while driving their, their well, children being murdered as they come from the laundromat with the mothers um, and mothers losing their kids, you know, uh, to, to gun violence. Um, so, yeah, no, it hasn't been the, the best couple of weeks, but I'm, I still have this, the work still has to be done. And that and that and that's what keeps us going. So to kind of kind of put this into perspective, you know, because we've been cutting up all night, we might as well finish on a funny note. Okay. If you got at, at the beginning of the at, at, at the beginning of the podcast when I introduced Jamie, I mentioned that she was the very first, you know, to feel the wrath of Michael Jordan's uh fuck them kids meme, even though <laughs> even though it wasn't a meme at the time. And I, I know you threaded the story on Twitter, but I, please tell the people how you incurred the wrath of one Michael Jeffrey Jordan all those years ago. Oh boy, I'm out of pocket. Um, <laughs> so, um, I was a cub reporter. Fourth Chicago Defender in the mid '90s, and uh, well, I was a, a youth reporter, a, a cover report, same thing. Um, and I was uh, in high school, um, and uh, like in the middle of my junior year, um, and I had been uh, a cover reporter at the Defender for about a year or so when my mentor slash editor, Michael Brown, who I need to, like, I'm so, like, now I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, is he still alive? I need to check, check in on him. Um, he, uh, held me back after, after a, a, a meeting or whatever, he's like, yo, uh, do you want to, you know, interview Michael Jordan? I'm like, fuck it, what? Yeah, of course. Like, I'm the girl who had 
played the Michael Jordan basketball. I had like I am very much like into Jordan. And it's not because, you know, I want to date him or whatever. It's I want to be I want to be him, which is hilarious because I was never going to get any taller than five feet. Anyway, so but my my free throw was vicious and well I'm not gonna talk about that. Anyway, so um so yeah, so we so I get the copy of Rare Air. Um and I get like the number two is publicist at Jump Inc. And I am blowing up this dude's phone non fucking stop for a month. Like as a matter of fact, uh, I had a routine where, you know, I would leave school, go to my friend Anna's house, and um, use her, you know, like a user phone to call like his publicist while I'm playing Mortal Kombat. And this went on for about a smooth month. And I get a letter addressed to Mr. Jamie Nesbitt, <laughs> in which he declines the interview. Now, my ego is like just like hurt because I didn't brag to everybody, like, I'm gonna get this interview, like, I'm gonna I got rare air, like, how, how's my ass taste? You know, like, I'm just, I'm talking Catholic. <laughs> And, you know, and I'm like, you know, Michael Jordan loves the kids, right? Like, I had no been, like, that was going to be the first victim. Um, but, like, you know, he's, you know, he, every time he's in real kids, he's all smiling and happy or whatever. Like, I mean, never mind that he's trying to push some fucking Gatorade. But, you know, it's real, right? It's real. No, nigga, it's not real. Um, so I get the, I get the, the letter, the client the interview, and then my editor is like, you know what you should do, bro? You should write commentary about how stars turn their backs on little people once they blow up. And I am, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna do that shit. Like, I'm like, because I'm like, my ego's bruised. Like, you're doing like fucking Jay Leno and fuck that guy because that chin. You know, it's scary. Um, <laughs> like, you know, he's you know, like uh, he's making all these all the media rounds, and I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. So you can you can fucking talk to Dave Letterman, but you can't talk to me. Like, I mean, I'm the fan. Like, I, how dare you? Um, and if this is how you treat your fans, you know, you know. anyway. So, so I write the piece against all better judgment. Even my mama is like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> It's Michael Jordan. Like, are you okay, baby? All right. So, so I write the piece, and I'm thinking that it's gonna run in the the youth reporter section of the paper. No, 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 no. That shit runs in the grown up section. Oh no. In the op ed section of the Defender. And I've been trying to find this article because it's it's. Like, I mean, cool. Um, but I I unleashed all of my 16-year-old anger 
um, on Michael Jordan. And it was like here, and it and it was it was in the regular section. Um, and then a couple weeks after it ran, I receive another letter from, from MJ, and <laughs> it is also addressed to Mister Jamie Nesson. And I am miffed because, like, <laughs> first of all. You have to like whoever know who whoever has been taking these messages for like the last month. You know I'm a girl. Like fuck you. How, how dare you? How dare you? Um, this high pitched ass voice. You okay? Okay, bet. So I'm mad because I'm being misgendered. And then like this whole letter is just it's like a read. Like he is just like I'm glad you did your research, bitch. But first of all, you know like. I'm sorry you're in your feelings that I declined to interview, but I already had, you know, like these, you know, like visits with other, with other media outlets already. Like this is already in the works. So like, sorry, bitch, but oh well. And then I'm paraphrasing because he didn't use the word. But I'm just saying, like, but you could you could imagine him adding bitch to every other sentence. Like, first of all, um, but yeah, like. So basically, he's like, you know, like, you lack journalistic integrity, and I hope you can become a better journalist in the future, and suck my dick. Sincerely, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And, um, and again, like, 60-year-old me was already shattered when he declined the interview, but now, now you're telling me that I lack integrity and uh, on top of that this letter is riddled, riddled with typos so i'm feeling like a bit of smug satisfaction knowing that i can spell better michael jordan but it doesn't it still it, it still doesn't compensate for you know being you know uh, uh rejected um so no so like i get this letter and um I don't, I, I tell like a select few people, um, but the folks, some of my classmates had seen or had read the op-ed piece, and so I became like a social pariah for a bit, um, oh, no. which is great. Like, I mean, like I was already an outcast, but that just made me more of an outcast. It was awesome. Um, and then um, you know, I showed it to my mom and, you know, my mom, like Joan was always like in my corner. So it was great. She's like, fuck that dude. But also, you should frame this. Um, like, really? Uh, but no, it's always kind of been my dream to sort of have this chance run in with Michael Jordan, which I would pull out the letter, and then I'd shake it at him, and I'm like, you, know, you, you remember this? Remember this? I'm a real journalist now, though, bitch. Real journalist now. <laughs> like, no, I didn't. Um, but yeah, no. So that is the sad, sad story of how I was Michael Jordan's first friend. See, this is why I wanted to do this because, you know, you can only get these kind of, you know, stories from journalists (laughs) that have been that have been through some shit. Damn, listen. Like, I just I mean, like years of therapy, but I'm better now. It's cool. You know, Um, I I wish him the best. I mean, he's a fucking multimillionaire. He's already got the best. But yeah, no, one of these days, though, if we ever meet each other or run into each other, it's going to just be like, 
that that and, and now i mean now i have to think about it, like i mean if i if this chance meeting does happen i i, I always have to carry that goddamn letter with me <laughs> and i'll figure out a way to do it if, if it means you know this chance meeting happens i get to shake it at him like like an old you know angry woman um so yeah it's great that is that is the legend that is the legend see see james see jamie's been at the front of a lot of stuff you know she you know once again you know fast tail girls you know becoming a white man to troll white people and the first (laughs) the first the first f them kids me you gotta love it jamie i want to thank you for coming on with me tonight greatly appreciate it this was a great conversation so um before we let you go yeah Tell everybody where they can find your work, where they can find you, and where they can, if they, if, if, if you feel like giving them your social media handle, if they don't get on your nerves too bad. <laughs> um, listen, uh, if they want to follow me on Twitter, I that's fine. Just prepare yourself for big jokes. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like disclaimer, I make a lot of dick jokes. It's on purpose because I like dick jokes. Um. <laughs> I am at the way of the id on Twitter. Um, and I uh, am a reporter for Block Club Chicago, which can be found at Block Club Chicago. Um, we are a nonprofit newsroom uh, specializing in hyperlocal journalism, which means a lot of the stuff that we write gets scooped by bigger outlets that don't credit us. <laughs> like, it's great, it's awesome. Um, but, um, yeah, no. So like, if you want to check out what I do, uh, every day, five days a week, six days a week, sometimes, sometimes seven, because news never fucking sleeps. Please check out Blog Club Chicago. I work with many other talented people, many other talented reporters that also do this work and, um, have also, um, some amazing stories. So yeah. All right, Jamie, thank you very much for coming on. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. This is great. I'm out of vodka. I'm gonna get some more. Yeah, we gotta we gotta run this back sometime. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> this, this this has been a blast tonight. Yeah, same here. Thanks for inviting. Right, Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for the first CSJE episode of the Chris Pods and Things podcast. If you want to check us out on Spotify, just look for Chris Pods and Things and also on Anchor, anchor.fm forward slash Chris Pods and Things. And if you have a question or, you know, you want to, you know, run some things by me, you know, suggest some things, shoot me an email. Chris Stevens Wright, C-H-R-I-S-S-T-E-B-E-N-S-W-R-I-T-E-S at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Stay healthy, stay safe, stay up.